What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chapter 12 of The Straighten Street Affair by William LeCue. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tom Weiss. Chapter the Twelfth. Red, Green, and Gold. I know you, she cried, staring at me as though transformed by terror. They told me you would come. You are my enemy. You are here to kill me. To kill you, Miss Tennyson, I gasped. No, I am certainly not your enemy. I am your friend. She looked very hard at me, and I noticed that her lips twitched slightly. You, you are Mr. Garfield. Hugh Garfield? she asked, her hands quivering nervously. Yes, that is my name, I replied. How do you know it? They, they told me. They told me in Florence. The doctor pointed you out. He told me that you were my worst enemy, that you intend to kill me. Dr. Moroni told you that? I inquired kindly. Yes, one day you were in the Via Tornaboni, and he made me take note of you. It was then that he told me you were a man of evil intentions, and warned me to be wary of you. I paused. Here was yet another sinister action on the part of Moroni. Besides, I was unaware that he had realized I had watched him. Ah, yes, I see, I replied, in an attempt to humor her, for she was very sweet and full of grace and beauty. The doctor tried to set you against me, and yet, strangely enough, I am your friend. Why should he seek to do this? How can I tell? replied the girl in a strange blank voice. But he evidently hates you. He told me that you were also his enemy, as well as mine. He said that it was his intention to take steps to prevent you from seeking mischief against both of us. This struck me as distinctly curious. Though the poor girl's mind was unbalanced, it was evident that she could recollect some things while her memory did not serve her in others. Of course it was quite feasible that Moroni, on discovering that I was on the alert, would warn her against me. Suddenly, hoping to further stir the cords of her memory, I asked, "'Have you seen Mr. De Gex lately?' "'Who?' she inquired blankly. "'Mr. Oswald De Gex, who lives in Straton Street.' She shook her head blankly. "'I'm afraid I—' I don't know him, she replied. Who is he? Surely you know Straighten Street, I asked. No, where is it? she inquired in that strange inert manner which characterized her mentality. I did not pursue the question further, for it was evident that she now had no knowledge of the man in whose house I had seen her lying, apparently dead. And if she were not dead, whose body was it that had been cremated? 
that was one of the main points of the problem which, try how I would, I failed to grasp. Would the enigma ever be solved? As she stood in her mother's cozy little drawing-room, Gabrielle Tennyson presented a strangely tragic figure. In the grey London light she was very beautiful, it was true, but upon her pale countenance was that terribly vacant look which was the index of her overwrought brain. Her memory had been swept away by some unknown horror, so the doctors had declared, and yet she seemed to remember distinctly what Dr. Moroni had alleged against me in Florence. Therefore I questioned her further concerning the Italian, and found that she recollected quite a lot about him. "'He has been very kind to you, has he not?' I asked. "'Yes, he is an exceedingly kind friend. He took me to see several doctors in Florence and Rome. All of them said I had lost my memory.' And she smiled sweetly. "'And haven't you lost your memory?' "'A little, perhaps, but not much.' Here Mrs. Alford interrupted. "'But you don't recollect what happened to you when you were away "'until you were found wandering near Petersfield. "'Tell us, dear.' "'No, no, not exactly,' the girl answered. "'All I recollect is that it was all red, green, and gold. "'Red, green, and gold. "'Oh, such bright, dazzling colors. "'Red, green, and gold. "'At first they were glorious, until... "'until sight of them blinded me. "'They seemed to burn into my brain, eh?' and she drew back and placed her right arm across her eyes as though to shut out from her gaze something that appalled her. "'There they are!' she shrieked. "'I see them again, always the same, day and night. Red, green, and gold! Red, green, and gold!' I exchanged glances with the woman Alford. It was apparent that the shock the girl had sustained had been somehow connected with the colors, red, green, and gold. I tried to obtain from her some faint idea of the nature of what she had witnessed, but she was quite unable to explain. That she had fallen victim to some deep-laid plot was evident. She remembered much of her visit to Florence, I found, for when I recalled the great Duomo where I had first seen her with Moroni, she became quite talkative and told me how much she admired the magnificent monuments, the Battistero, the Bigallo. Giotto's Campanile and the magnificent pictures in the Pitti and Uffizi. Moroni had apparently also taken her to Rome, presumably to consult another Italian professor, for she spoke vaguely of the Corso and St. Peter's, and described the Forum in such a manner that she must have visited it. While I sat chatting with her it struck me that in the blank state of her mind certain things stood out very prominently, a mental state well known to alienists while others were entirely blotted out. I referred to the millionaire who lived in Straten Street, but again she declared, and with truth, that she had no recollection of him. "'Perhaps, Miss Tennyson, you knew him under some other name,' I said, and then proceeded to describe minutely the handsome, rather foreign-looking man who had bribed me to give that certificate of death. "'Have you an uncle?' I asked presently recollecting that the man at Straten Street had declared the victim to be his niece. "'I have an uncle, my mother's brother. He lives in Liverpool.' Again I fell to wondering whether the beautiful girl before me was actually the same person whose death I had certified to be due to heart disease, and who, according to the official records, had been cremated. She was very like, and yet? Well, the whole affair was a problem which each hour became more inscrutable. 
still the fact remained that gabrielle tennyson had disappeared suddenly on november the seventh the night i had met with my amazing adventure in reply to my further questions as she sat staring blankly into my face with those great dark eyes of hers i at last gathered that dr moroni hearing of her case from a specialist in harley street to whom she had been taken by the police surgeon had called upon her mother and had had a long interview with her afterwards he had called daily and later mrs tennyson had allowed him to take her daughter to florence to consult another specialist at the hospital of santa maria nuova i think you know a mrs cullerton i remarked at last the effect of my words upon her was almost electrical dolly cullerton she shrieked ah don't mention that woman's name please do not mention her i believed that she was a friend of yours i said much surprised friend no enemy a bitter enemy then you have quarrelled she was once your friend eh over what have you quarrelled that is my own affair she snapped in apparent annoyance if you know her don't trust her i warn you then she added she is a wicked woman and her husband jack ah he's an excellent fellow far too good for her why do you entertain such antipathy toward her i asked do tell me because it will make my inquiries so very much easier inquiries what inquiries are you making i was silent for a moment then looking straight into her eyes i replied very seriously i am making inquiries miss tennyson into what happened to you during those days when you disappeared i am with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.